About a week and a half ago, I was in Illinois for a few days, and I was at a conference called Healing the Whole Person, ran by the John Paul II Institute, and which is headed by Dr. Bob Schutz. So what I'm going to do is basically take kind of some of the nuggets I received from that, apply it to the gospel, and hopefully download it into your heart, because I think the healing mission of Jesus has to be known. Often we miss that portion of his ministry and his mission in his church to this day. And in looking at our gospel reading today, often we hear this gospel and we feel so sorry for poor Lazarus. How the rich man did not pay any attention to him, was more concerned about his money and his food and his clothing. But the question for us today is, why are you and I, why are we more like the rich man and not like Lazarus. What I would like us to look at is what possibly happened to the rich man? What happened to him possibly during his childhood that he was unable or not willing to help Lazarus who is at the footsteps of his front gate day after day after day? What blinded him to the love of his neighbor and love of poor? And what made him think? Because a lot of us think like this too. What, what made him think that having money and clothing and food would replace his desire to be loved securely and be delighted in as a beloved son of the Father? So what's the problem? The problem is sin. But I don't think a lot of us know what sin is and how deeply sin offends God. And if you are a Catholic or you're growing in your faith, where do you go to find out what sin is and what the church teaches about it? You go to the catechism. You don't just wonder and let the devil play tricks on you with your lack of understanding. You go to the catechism. And the catechism says in paragraph 1865, sin is an offense against reason, truth, and right conscience. It is a failure and genuine love for God and neighbor caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. Sin wounds the nature of man and injures human solidarity. So wherever there is sin, there is a wound. And sin always wounds our soul and wounds our relationships with others. And when we are deeply wounded, we fail to develop a sense of our own goodness and instead develop a generalized sense of unworthiness and self-doubt. And most of these wounds of unworthiness and self-doubt come from our mother or father or lack thereof. These are called attachment wounds. And they can have devastating effects and long-lasting effects in our lives, and especially when it goes into our perception of who God is. And they will lead into deeper identity wounds, which are the way we see ourselves, and that becomes very damaged. And our wounds look like something, our wounds sound like something, and the wounds we receive from others really tend to manifest themselves throughout our lives, early in our lives, because they influence our identity so much. And they're found in the places where you are full of doubt. And they're found in places where you are full of fear. And they're found in places where you are full of shame. 
Christ is inviting us, all of us, yes, even those who doubt to have resurrected wounds, through those resurrected wounds, he's asking all of us to become a healing source for others. And notice in the resurrection accounts of the gospel that Jesus is not ashamed of his wounds. And so many of us are. And he calls Thomas to his side and he says, Come here, you who doubt that I rose from the dead. So all you and I need to do is to bring our wounds to Jesus. And it's important to know what those wounds are and which which wounds Jesus desires to heal. And Dr. Ed Smith, he's the innovator of a ministry called Trophistic Ministries, and he identifies seven wounds. So as I go through these, I want you just to listen to your own interior dialogue. Because this is how a lot of us talk, and it proves how broken and wounded we are because of certain sins that happened in our lives. The first wound is abandonment. Sounds like this. I'm all alone. No one understands me. I can't trust anyone because I don't want to be hurt again by another person. The second wound that Dr. Smith identifies is fear. Sounds like this. I'm not safe. There's no one here to protect me. I'm afraid that I'm going to be hurt or I'm going to die. I'm afraid of what people will say about me if I say something stupid or if I confront that person. The third wound is powerlessness. Sounds like, I am overwhelmed. I can't do anything. I feel helpless. I feel trapped. I can't trust God because he will give me more than I can handle. The fourth wound is hopelessness. Sounds like, it will never get better. Things are never going to change. That person will never change. I am never going to change. I'm always going to be this way. Why even try anymore? The fifth wound is confusion. Sounds like, I, I don't understand. I can't figure this out. What's happening? Which often leads to deep frustration and discouragement. The sixth wound is rejection. Sounds like, I'm not loved or needed. I have no value. No one wants me. I'm a burden to others. No one cares about me. And the seventh and last wound that Dr. Ed Smith identifies is shame. Which sounds like, I'm unlovable. I'm unworthy. I'm pretty bad. I'm stupid. I'm not very smart. I'm worthless. Deep down inside, I'm kind of perverted. I'm damaged goods. The reason why I'm so messed up is because it's all my fault. One example of the sixth wound is rejection. And it's a story about a boy who came from a family of six. And when he was one and a half years old, his mom and dad had to take custody of two of his cousins who were only six months and three years old. 
His cousin's parents were addicted to drugs, and this led to a lot of fear in the house of his parents. His parents often felt overwhelmed because now they had two extra kids in the house and they had to learn how to pay the bills. Also, they had to make trips to the courthouse a few times a month and the courthouse was an hour away, always trying to find babysitters, always trying to find help. And when the little boy needed attention and affection from his mom and dad and they were trying to keep peace in the house, he began to believe in a lie in his heart. And the lie is this, that he must be a burden to them because they don't have time for him. And the devil sowed a lie deep in his heart. He began to show off to others to get attention. And later in life, he would make jokes at school. He'd have lots of detentions and would even be suspended. And he, because of his woundedness, he would often put others down. It led him to often, oftentimes feeling out of control. His family still went to church, but at the age of one and a half, the devil already hardened his heart. That little boy is me. When I was just one and a half, through the sacrifice of my parents, their love, the devil started tricking me already. For a long time, I thought I was okay because I lived such a superficial life. As long as I had some girls around or had sports or had, was doing okay with school, I didn't have to look at the deep pain that I was feeling in my heart. It wasn't until I went to seminary and started searching for what a lot of us need to search for. Instead of happiness, I started searching for freedom. And, I, and as I started searching for freedom, this lie that I was a burden to others came up over and over. And thanks be to God that I've been healed of that lie and redeemed as a beloved son of the Father. And the freedom is not just for me. The freedom of God is for everyone. And the healing of power of Jesus, the healing power of him is a huge part of his mission. And Jesus sent, or the Father sent Jesus to set us free, but it seems that fewer and fewer people are experiencing true freedom in Christ, and more and more people are experiencing addictions. Because our wounds can often lead to addictions, and addictions always begin with a sense of shame, and then we begin to isolate ourselves. Wounds always remain in the darkness, away from Jesus, where the devil spreads lies in our hearts. The lies that you are not worthy of God's love is known as shame. And then you begin to think that no one would love you as you are, which is rejection. Then you start to think, my needs will never be met by anyone. And we see the wounds of abandonment and hopelessness. Then the cycle continues as we isolate ourselves even more. And you begin to feel that you can't find any way to get your needs met which is powerlessness. Then you begin to think that if I just have one thing or just start taking this drug or looking at pornography or through infidelity of cheating on my spouse, or I begin to gamble or start drinking, then my needs will be met. That's called compulsion. And after doing those things over and over and over, I begin to believe in the lie that I am bad because of my addiction which is more and more shame. And then you begin, you begin to live in fear 
that someone will find out how bad you are. You see, my friends, every wound that you and I have experienced gives us an identity in either fear or shame. But the good news is that Jesus Christ redeems our identity first and foremost as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. And when we fully receive that in the depths of our hearts, we end up communicating that truth everywhere we go. So you and I either live in two places. We either live in the truth of our identity as a beloved son, or we're living in the darkness of the shame of our past. And maybe you're asking yourself right now, does Jesus really want to heal me from my brokenness? I would answer back with a question. Why else did he come? Jesus came to save, to heal, to redeem our identity as a beloved son and a beloved daughter. And he wants to heal us. But we have to let him. Or maybe you are like Lazarus in the gospel today, and you're at the breaking point. You're just dying for someone to notice the pain that you're in, those sores and wounds in your life that have been ripped open for years and years and years, and you just feel like that ill man at Bethesda in John 5 who is ill for 38 years and you just can't take it anymore. And Jesus is looking at you eyeball to eyeball, heart to heart, and he asks that ill man as he asks you, do you want to be healed? Do you desire to be free from your addictions? Our lives as Catholic Christians is, again, it's not about happiness, it's about freedom. Freedom from becoming complacent in our faith, becoming lazy, forgetting that Christ is calling us always to more, to more, to more. Because we hear in 2 Corinthians 2.13, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Unfortunately, where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there is slavery. Slavery to sin. Slavery to our addictions. And Jesus is calling us to freedom from our fears, from our addictions, freedom from our wounds, to ultimate healing in Christ Jesus. And our aim in our lives, if we're ever wondering, what is my aim? What is my goal? Our aim is not to own things, like the rich man, by thinking, hey, I got the new iPhone, I'm good. I got a sweet ride, look at my car, look at my clothes. Because sooner or later, they begin to own us and we become slaves to them. And we worry about status and we forget about our true status, which is being identified as a son or a daughter of the Father. And St. Paul, in his letter to Timothy today, says, But you, insert name here, but you, John, Sarah, Paul, Barb, aim for righteousness. Devotion, faith, love, patience, gentleness. He says, compete well for the faith, or I like the translation, which says, fight the good fight of faith. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep fighting for the rich and the poor to encounter the healing power of Jesus. Allow the sadness of your heart from the fact that a lot of people don't go to Mass on Sunday. Allow that sadness. Allow the sadness in your heart when people sleep in or think that sports on Sunday is more important than coming to the truth. 
of knowing our identity as beloved sons or daughters. Allow that sadness to move you to compassion, to pray for them, not the frustration. Take time each day to remember that you, through your baptism, are indeed the apple of God's eye, and he delights in you. And he says, don't quit, my beloved son. Don't quit, my beloved daughter. And we need the Holy Spirit to remember this, because we forget so quickly, because we live in such a distracted culture. And in John 14, 26, St. John says to us, but the Consoler, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus' name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And St. Bonaventure, he says, where the Holy Spirit is loved and invited and expected, he comes. And if you have called upon the Holy Spirit and been healed of any affliction or wound, praise God. Praise be Jesus Christ, because that means he's active in our culture. But if not, let's pray for that process to happen so we can fight the good fight. So for a moment, I just want you just to sit and close your eyes. And remember those seven wounds that I just went over. Abandonment. Shame, fear, powerlessness, rejection, hopelessness, and confusion. What is the main one in your life that Jesus wants to free you from and heal you of? So as you have your eyes closed, I'm just going to give you a simple blessing. Father, Please reveal to everyone here when the lies began in their lives. Father, please reveal to everyone here when the lies began in their lives. Father, please reveal to everyone here when the lies began in their lives. And Holy Spirit, please reveal to everyone here where Jesus is in their wounds. And as you have your eyes closed, please place your hand on your heart. And please pray these words with me. Father, I believe that Jesus purchased my identity on the cross as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. Please heal me of the lies from my childhood. Come, Holy Spirit. Have your way. Reveal the truth to me 
and set me free. Amen. You see, my friends, as we enter more deeply into the Mass, St. Paul asked us to aim for a lot of things. But the one thing I want to encourage you to really aim for is patience. The fact is that healing in Christ Jesus takes time. The wounds of our childhood are deeply rooted and hidden in our lives. That is why the devil works so hard on us. I carried a wound around believing that I was a burden to others from the age of one and a half. It took years of seminary formation, talking with people that I could trust, having a good Catholic psychologist, and staying close to the Blessed Sacrament, staying close to the tabernacle and to the Sacrament of Confession. And maybe for the first time, you are becoming aware of how broken you are. Welcome to the church. As Jesus is broken in the Eucharist, please know that he is meek and humble of heart. And he desires you to be free, not happy, but to be free in your identity as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.